0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, February 1st, 2021. What if I told you that war was going to break out this week? And more than that, you were going to be enlisted to fight in this war. Where would your mind go to start to prepare for that? How would you prepare yourself for that? How would you prepare your family for that? How would you prepare, prepare your personal affairs for that? What would you to be, to get ready for battle? What would that look like for you? Well, as we think through even those thoughts and we think through wartime imagery, we're reminded of how much the Bible uses the images of battle and the images of war to describe the Christian life. And even we're going to see Jesus use some of that language specifically to prepare his disciples for coming persecution and for what the world is going to look like as they seek to serve him. And while I don't know what what it's going to look like or when things are going to happen, I think every Christian in the United States of America needs to have a growing concern and an increased preparation for the battle uh, that could come along with persecution. And what would that look like? for them as a Christian. As we think through, well, what could it look like to be a faithful Christian in a world of increased persecution? I think really each of our passages today is going to give us something to work on to prepare ourselves for life in this world. And first, we're going to look at some of this language from Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 to 42. And you remember now that he is talking to his 12 disciples to prepare them for a specific time of traveling and ministry that he was going to send them out on. But also some of this language clearly extends beyond the life of Christ to when he will be gone. And these apostles will be the leaders in the early church. And Jesus jumps right into the the wartime imagery and language in verse 34, when he says, do not think I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. And I think really that's going to talk about how even in this persecution and coming to faith, it's going to cause division even among families. And that's something we even see today, especially those maybe coming to Christ from other religions, how them making an allegiance to Christ Instantly causes a division in their own physical family. And that's one of the signs really of persecution. Well, how is he going to tell them to, to get ready? And as you look out at our culture and see increasing signs of persecution, what are you going to do to get ready? And the first thing you need to do is you need to let everything go. Uh, That's what Jesus is going to say, starting at verse 37, he's going to say, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so a a Christian preparing for persecution, one thought that they need to have is, you know, all I want and all I need is Christ. And I'm willing to let everything else go if it comes between uh, me and Christ. And we think about what that looks like even with family. Certainly Jesus is not telling Christians, hey, just forsake your family and don't care for them. No, we see other passages in the New Testament that clearly describe a believer's responsibility towards his family. But when we understand this is Jesus talking about even conflict that could arise between a family when someone says, I'm going to follow Christ we need to be willing to let that go. We must be willing to let everything in this life go besides Jesus. Whether that's status, whether that's wealth, whether that's a job, whether that's a relationship, whatever it looks like, if it becomes a choice between that and faithfully following Jesus, we must all be prepared in our hearts to say, I will faithfully follow Jesus no matter what. I will take up my cross, even if it ever were to become a literal and physical cross. And so that's the first thing we're going to see in our reading today of how Christians need to prepare for what life could look like in a persecuted world. Uh, we're going to see another thing as we turn now to Psalm 18, Psalm 18, and we're going to look today at verses 31 to 42. And and here we need to uh, see another essential ingredient for us as Christians is that we must really trust God for strength. No matter what goes on in the world, no matter what it would ever look like to be a Christian in this world, we need to look to God for help and strength. It starts in verse 31 saying, for who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God, right? He's trusting in this rock, his God. And I love verse 32. It says, the God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. And it even in verse 34 talks about how God, he trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. But I want us to really focus there on verse 32. So we see he's trusting in God to give him strength, and he's also trusting God to make his way blameless. I think both of those are ingredients a Christian needs to think about in a world that is hostile to God. One, we're going to need strength. It's going to take strength to follow God, and we're not going to be able to just summon up that strength ourselves. We're going to have to lean on God for that. But I love how it also says the other thing that he's leaning on God for is not just strength, but to make his way blameless. And that should be a desire that we all have as Christians. No matter what is going on in the world, God, I want you to help me be blameless blameless. God, help my life to actually be set apart from the world. As we think about just a world where it would cost something to follow Christ, one of the things that we should be most concerned about is hypocrisy in ourselves. That's the last thing that we would ever want to see in our own lives. Then you see even David talking about how God helps him, helps him to overcome his enemies and just the great confidence that comes from that. And I think we should all draw a great confidence from that as well. So first thing, we, we need to let everything go. We're not holding on to anything in this life except for Jesus. And then we need to trust God for strength and trust God to help us be blameless. And now let's look now at Exodus chapter 13 to see just another ingredient of what this might look like for us. And remember what's going on here. The Israelites are on their way out of Of Egypt. We read in chapter 12 about the institution of the Passover. And now there's going to be some other things that God kind of adds to that celebration. And the first is a feast that always follows immediately after Passover the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We also see him in chapter 13 talking about how all the firstborn, whether it's humans, the children of Israel, or whether it's animals will belong to God as a way to thank God for what he did in delivering them from Egypt in that final plague of, of striking down of the firstborn of Egypt. And we see God, he, he's instituting all these things so that the Israelites would remember, that they would remember what God did for them. Even this whole feast of unleavened bread, he tells them how to answer when their kids ask, why do we do this? Which, hey, if you're a kid, you would ask that. Uh, unleavened bread is not the most amazing thing. It's definitely not as good as leavened bread. And so you can see why the kids would ask, why do we do this? Why why do we eat this uh, lame unleavened bread? And and it says in verse eight, you shall tell your son on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Of Egypt, and it shall be to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes, that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. And you shall therefore keep this statute at its appointed time from year to year. And so another ingredient we need to have to prepare for life as a Christian in a hostile world is remember what God has done in the past. That was the whole point of this Feast of Unleavened Bread, to help them remember what God, the great things that God had done for them. And so as he teaches them to do that, this bread, which wouldn't have been, you know, the most tasting great thing that they've ever had, it should still be sweet to them because of what it causes them to remember and even that there's a time as Christians where we partake of unleavened bread together, and that is when we take communion. And that's where we need to celebrate that as something in our lives that is meant to help us remember what God has done for us in the past. And what a great thing to help us, even in a world of increased persecution, to remember what Jesus did for us, that his body was broken and his blood was shed so that we might be saved. And so that's what we see a lot of there in Exodus chapter Thirteen. Finally, let's go to Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. And another thing that a Christian needs, I think we're going to see here, is a heart for the lost. And we're going to see that as Peter is called to minister to Cornelius. And that's going to be an uncomfortable thing for uh, Peter, right? To go now and and bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And God is going to prepare him for that with this vision of, of All these animals being let down in this sheet from heaven and even animals that would have been considered unclean. And he is told to rise, kill and eat. And he says, by no means, for I have never eaten anything that is clean or unclean or common. And then the voice comes to him a second time, what God has made clean, do not call common. And again, this is all setting up his call to go to give the gospel to Cornelius, this Gentile, that God's saying, I'm about to do something different. And I want this message of the good news of Jesus to be carried to all of the the world and even to the Gentiles. And we see, I think right here, and we see Jesus say things to similar effect that these dietary requirements of the Old Testament were no longer a requirement of Christians. And that wasn't just because one of the reasons he's doing that is now he wants them to go and he wants them to give the gospel to all nations. Where in the Old Testament, the emphasis was on, no, don't eat these things so that you will not be like these people from these other nations. Now we see those restrictions done away with so that Christians can go and give the gospel to all the nations. So when you read this passage, you can be thankful for things like bacon or shrimp or other things that you might really enjoy that were considered unclean. But more than that, when you read this passage, you should be thankful for how the gospel has gone out now to all peoples, all nations, all tribes. And we want to have that same heart within ourselves. So what does the future look like for Christians in this world? Well, I I don't have a lot of predictions to make. I don't know exactly what things will look like. But scripture tells us to expect persecution. And I think understanding what's going on in our culture should help us to see that's the direction we are headed. So how can we prepare? How can we prepare for that difficulty? How can we prepare for that proverbial battle? Well, let's let everything go except for Christ. Let's trust God for strength. Let's remember what God has done in the past. And let's have a heart to continue to reach the lost. And may we be ready for anything because our hope is in the Lord. Thank you for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.